Welcome data enthusiasts. We are Azuma, the recruitment consultancy focused 100% on data tech professionals in and around the Berlin region. And this is our podcast, Data for Good, connecting you with all things data. And today, really pleased to be joined by Mustafa Ibrahim. Mustafa is Director of Data for Global Marketing Data Products at HelloFresh. Mustafa, Welcome. Thanks, Rob. Great to be with you and uh, great to be on the podcast. Hi, everyone. Brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. Today's topic is central to your area of expertise and, and experience being marketing analytics. And yeah, for listeners and viewers, we're going to be talking about bridging the gap between marketing data and the business. And from my perspective, uh, it, it's a, it's a topic of importance and even frustration for uh, many of the stakeholders that we interact with, being candidates or job seekers, as well as uh, heads of data. Uh, so some frustrations, and I think that's important to to highlight. We're we're here to bridge the gap and to smooth the way for marketing and data. Let's get into it. Um, so wh why don't you give us a quick overview as to why this is a, a relevant and important area for you? Yeah, I think it's it's a great first question because I can imagine that there's a lot of high expectations on how the marketing organizations are expected to steer businesses. And also clearly from financial standpoint, this is one of the functions that also are expected to be spending a lot of money to attract users, retain users, and prevent churn. And I think every time there's a budget for marketing in the topic, it's very important that you have the right data in place and it's being accessible by the right stakeholders. And you are able to be a few steps ahead of the competition using data. So I think it shapes how good the business is doing if you have a full control over your marketing data. Brilliant, brilliant. Okay, so in this conversation, what are the, or generally even, what are the key areas that marketing data influences on, on your average business? Be it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think if you have a look at marketing as, as a function or a business function, I think marketing can be, grouped into, let's say, different categories or types. Um, you can think of marketing as buying media or buying media stocks. You can think of marketing as doing organic or free channel marketing. You can think of marketing as doing CRM, customer relationship management marketing. And I think all of that feeds into what marketing is supposed to be defined. And I think this is where data can help your marketing organization to get better at the way that you're doing marketing. So these are the high levels of what marketing groups or channels are. And obviously, next to media buying, you can definitely break down media buying to online or digital and offline. So anything that has to do with out-of-home campaigns, radio campaigns, TV campaigns, and so on. So yeah, I think it covers a wide spectrum of marketing channels or marketing types. Mm. Um, maybe I would rephrase the question then when, 
like marketing data as opposed to product data mm-hmm. or hu- human analytics data, the influences, for example, like understanding customer behavior or being ide- able, able to identify yeah. trends. Yeah, I think it first helps the organization to understand where the money is getting spent, so on which channels you're spending. And as you are spending the money, it helps you to understand the efficiency of this spend through understanding the acquisition behaviors that are happening by your customers across different channels. And as you mature as an organization, it helps you to understand the generic customer behavior of your routine would prevent churn. So this is where marketing starts and probably ends. And you can see that it's actually quite wide scope because it could be acquisition marketing, it could be retention marketing. So this is why we think that marketing data is quite wide from a spectrum standpoint. And fundamental to a business's ability to make money, to make profit. Okay. When we talk about marketing analytics or marketing data, who are the key individual contributors that we are referring to and what are their tasks? Yeah, I think you can, or maybe we can answer this question by breaking it down to ICs or individual contributors on the data side and on the business side. On the data side, really for the marketing data teams, you technically have data engineers, then you have analytics engineers, and then you have domain-specific analytics or analysts or reporting analysts, and then you have data scientists or machine learning engineers. And this is the end-to-end data value chain that you get working in marketing data teams. Data engineering, as you can imagine, this is the job family that ingests data to your data warehouse, while analytics engineers are making metrics and data accessible in an easy way, while the domain analysts are focused on looking at the data, understanding what's happening, running ad hoc analysis, and building reports for the marketing teams, while your data science team is focused on being steps ahead when it comes to predictive analytics and predicting what would be the best course of action for the marketing spend that you have. So this is the wide spectrum of the technical data people I think next to that, you would have data product managers, uh, which I think a position that a lot of companies miss out on because it depends on how they perceive the marketing data function. Is it a service team or is it a product team? But as you get mature with marketing data, you realize that marketing data actually is a product team. So you need a data product manager for that. So this is on the data side, but as you can imagine on the marketing side, we work closely with CMOs, VPs, director of marketing and channel managers to help them out to understand strategically, tactically, and operationally what needs to be done using marketing data. Mm. So the uh, senior level stakeholders from the business or the marketing side. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Okay. And with, with all these tasks, and ways of working and um, efforts that those technical and business stakeholders are making to uh, understand each other and bridge the gap. What are the challenges? Sounds really easy. So what are the challenges? <laughs> yeah, it's 
never easy. <laughs> um, I think one of the very first challenges that I have seen in companies trying to adopt marketing data and be empowered by data teams focused on marketing data is the question of what are you optimizing for? I think this is a question that might sound easy, but in practice, being able to understand and answer the question of what you are optimizing for is not that easy, actually. Because there's a lot of companies that focus on hyper growth. There's a lot of companies that focuses on efficiency. There's a lot of companies that focus on retention and customer lifetime value. So I think the very first challenge is being able to answer the question of what you are optimizing for quite objectively. And be realistic, because you're going to have to start small and build the right blocks. And then over the time, you will mature with your marketing data. Second challenge mm -hmm. is having data in the decision-making process. And when do you actually involve your data people? So I think it's very important to understand that data, as I probably mentioned a couple of minutes ago, is not supposed to be a service team but they are supposed to be a product team that helps you understand the pain points you're going through and how can you solve them for your teams for good. If data people are not going to be part of these discussions, it's going to be very hard to realize early on where you need help. And by the time that you reach out to your data team, which might be too late, you have already lost a lot of opportunities on the table because you did not have them part of the discussions early on. So think of your data team as one of your marketing teams, right? So try to have them part of your day-to-day, -day. try to keep them involved and up-to-date with what's happening. And I think they are expected to be very impartial because they look at the data and they try to give you a fair view of what's happening exactly. So this is the second challenge that probably marketing data teams face over the time. The third challenge is being up to date with what's happening in the markets. And I think there's a lot of cases where you feel that sometimes the market is outpacing the company. And you wanna make sure that you're setting yourself up for success by having the right quality, by having the right standards, by being on top of the market trends. And I think that requires a certain amount of time investment so that you are being positioned correctly. And this is something that we expect data leads or data leaders to be on top. Make sure that you allocate time for your team to look around and see where they are. If you are very short-sighted, you realize over the time that you have been actually missing out on big opportunities just because you did not pay attention to the market and how the market is going. Mm. Last challenge, even though there's a lot of challenges, but last major challenge I would say is being able to understand when to use machine learning or when to use data science and when to make things simple for the business. I think there's a lot of companies that tend to be very keen on hiring data science team, but they haven't fixed the foundations first. And in my opinion, this is something that you should be very conscious about because if you are rush hiring data science without getting the foundations right, you're not going to be helping yourself, you're not going to be helping your future hires, and this will potentially have a negative impact on your marketing organization because you will end up having 
a gap between expectations and reality. By, by the foundations, do you mean data engineering? So data pipelines and infrastructure? Yeah, data engineering, data quality, data reporting, and doing the basics when it comes to data analysis. Great, thanks for sharing them. I thought one of the challenges that um, might be prevalent in businesses is around data literacy, getting or ensuring that businesses understand the data that you're presenting and, and why it's useful. It goes back and forth, right? Whether you're just as a service and producing data or actually producing insights and, and strategic uh, data. Yeah. But have you noticed that as a major challenge? Yeah, I, I think this goes back to my very first point, what are you pausing for exactly? So if you understand your metrics quite well, then I think you understand the input metrics that lead to that final metric. And I think oftentimes you end up having a presentation with a lot of metrics that are completely irrelevant to you. But I think if you understand what you want to optimize for, it's going to be way easier for the data team to educate the stakeholders on what the right metrics are. So yeah, it goes hand in hand with the company being on top of their own metrics, having clear definition of what the metrics are, and hence that gets you to the literacy that you would expect your organization to be at. Interesting. Okay. You've highlighted some of the challenges. Now let's potentially look at some of the solutions or at least how we're able to, to bridge the gap. What, what do you see as some practical or even more high level uh, ways in which we can bridge the gap? I think it's very important to make a differentiation between, as a first point, between what's a foundational marketing data product is and what is a domain analytics is. So as you can imagine, when you are building data team from the ground up that's supposed to be working closely with a marketing team, you wanna make sure that you have the right foundations in place. And by right foundations, as we briefly talked about this point, this means I'm getting the right data and the right formats into my data warehouse for a proper reporting so that we can understand how we're doing now. I think this is something that you need to have, I would say, a combination of data job families that allow you to do that. And I think as you advance towards the concept of analytics engineering, you wanna make sure that you draw the line between the different job descriptions quite clearly, so it doesn't become confusing for the team as well as for the business and the stakeholders. So the very first way to bridge the gap is to make sure that you are hiring the right talent diversity in the team. I think it's very important that you understand or the organization understands the stage or the maturity that they are going through so that they hire the right talents for it. Second is be close to marketing. Be close to your marketing organization. Meet them quite frequently understand their pain points, even if they're not actively sharing it with you. The success of a data job depends a lot on the understanding of what the pain points the business is going through. And I think if this is not gonna be happening actively or proactively, and you are waiting for it to happen reactively, 
I think you're not going to be setting up your team for success. So you have to be very close to your marketing team. You have to understand their pain points and you have to over the time calibrate your position as a data team so that you are able to effectively and efficiently support them. Mm. To, Third, to what extent? Yeah. Sorry, on, on the second point there, being close to the marketing team, to what extent do you think analysts should be close? Could Could I even ask what you think about the analysts being embedded in a marketing team yeah. or hybrid or, or completely separate, yeah. centralized? I think there's not going to be a correct answer for this question, to be honest, because it depends a lot on the business maturity and where it stands on data drivenness. I think also it comes down to how mature you are with the tech stack. I think in a lot of companies, it makes sense to have a global data team and then you have embedded analysts in the marketing or the domains. And I think this is what we're doing at HelloFresh. So we have global data teams that define the standards, uh, make data available, and then you have embedded analysts in the marketing or the product teams that unlock business reporting as well as analytics. In some other companies that might be early stage, it might make sense to bring the analysts together so that they share common best practices and they're not going to be creating their own silos, which are not needed. So I think as the business matures in the rate area, you can definitely have your analysts embedded in the domain. But for right. early stage startups and startups that haven't been mature enough, it is best if you keep your data team very close to each other so that you can define the standards for them first. Excellent. Thank you. Uh, I interrupted you. You'd made two points yeah. about bridging the gap. Yeah, and I think the third point on how can we bridge the gap is to get marketing closer to the rest of the business. I think what's happening is that in some of the cases, you have your marketing team focused on how can we get efficient with our budgets and how can we increase our budget efficiency or how can we increase our, let's say, or how can we decrease our CAC. But it's very important that you bring them to the product side as well. And this is going to be happening through you actually hand-holding the marketing team and giving them a view on what's happening on the product side purely from data standpoint. So in most of the cases, the marketing team will be focused on understanding the efficiency of the budget. But one of the points that we might be messing out on is what drives the efficiency purely from the product standpoint. So we might have had a feature that has an impact on the conversion rates. We might have had a feature that increased our conversion rates, for example, hence you're getting lower acquisition costs. So closing the gap between marketing and business teams is very important. And this is the job of the data team. You connect the dots between different teams. And this mm. needs to happen at scale. Right. That's interesting you say that's the job of the data team and not, not the primary responsibility of the marketing team and the way they uh, interact with the business, the kind of communications that they uh, share with the business, how they conduct yeah. their operations. Interesting. Yeah, I think there's there's a fine line between marketing doing this and data people enabling marketing to do this. Right? So if you have the right setup, then the marketing teams will have easy access to data so that they understand exactly what's happening. And this is going to be the responsibility of the marketing team and 
if it's a question about how can we enable marketing to have access to different types of data beyond their scope and the responsibility, definitely this is the responsibility of the data team. Data teams are expected to be very impartial in this process, that they allow access and they help stakeholders raise data in an effective manner. Mm, okay, so they are enablers, I like it. Okay. Now, looking at uh, the industry generally or the field generally, how how have you seen, as you're on the front line, how have you seen data-driven marketing evolving in your time? Oh, that's that's a very tricky question. I, I think there hasn't been a clear definition of what data-driven marketing is. I think this is very subjective to how companies are using data and how they are empowering their data teams. If, if we're talking about data-driven marketing in the context of having analytics teams and data science teams that are allowing the marketing team to make decisions based on data, I think the scale, I would say, or the evolution has been actually going quite aggressive recently that I think mm. with the rise of machine learning and even AI, it has become clear that there's a lot of things that you can do using data that you don't have to do them manually. And at some point, there's going to be a realization that the accuracy of a machine doing that might be actually unlocking other opportunities for the people to focus on different things. So when it comes to data-driven marketing, as I mentioned, if you have the right metric defines, if you know what you're optimizing for, if you have a good quality data, then I think having data-driven marketing is not gonna be that hard. And it starts from as, let's say, optimizing your budget to doing algorithmic budget recommendations for the marketing teams. So having a model that recommends a specific budget distribution across different channels based on your understanding of the efficiency of those channels. So data-driven marketing at the end is an outcome that you get if you have the right data in place, if you have the right quality data in place, if you have the right metrics defined and consistently aligned with the business, and at the end, if you have the right processes or data processes in place. Mm. You mentioned um, ML and AI there. Yeah. And and the accuracy factors. How do you see the future of AI impacting marketing beyond what it's already doing? Well, I think, I mean, there's a lot of aspects of AI having an influence on marketing because I think marketing is a domain that's, as we mentioned, very diverse and wide on the use cases and the applications where machine learning and AI can have a substantial value on from content generation, um, campaign optimization, uh, budget recommendations. I think this is where the industry is heading to. I think machine learning and AI are not very concrete in the marketing space because there's a lot of different practices that are being adopted by different companies. But I think there's going to be a lot more revolution 
in the way that content is being generated using AI. And this will save a lot of time and manual efforts that were being done by marketing teams. I think this is going to be one of the biggest areas. I would love to get to the optimizations aspect, but I think with the privacy regulations that we have, I'm afraid that there's going to be a ceiling that you will hit anyway, because we have to protect the privacy of the users. And I think if this is going to be one of the pillars we have, then there's going to be a way where there's going to be a ceiling for you to say that this is the max I could reach to, because I can give recommendations on how you could distribute your budget, but being able to understand what's happening in the advertising words on user by user basis, I don't think that this is going to be possible anymore. With limited ad tracking, with the GDPR regulations, I think this is going to be quite limiting for the machine learning side of things. Interesting. So that's uh, an area that AI is lacking. I, I wanted to ask then, with, with AI, and you've pointed out privacy, what would be the ethical considerations in AI-driven, data-driven marketing? Yeah, I think that's that's a very good question. I I also think that this is one of the questions that there isn't going to be one single correct answer for because this is subjective to how data is being used. From my point of view, I think it's very important that you are being very transparent about the data that you are processing with your consumers, with your users. Um, at the end, what you are getting out of a machine learning model or out of an AI model is something that is mostly driven by how much data you are using. And I think to a very large extent, being considerate and being conscious about the data points you are using is one aspect. Being transparent and open about them is very different aspects, but they go hand in hand. So as long as you understand what the use case you're optimizing for and what data points you're collecting and what is a PII data, what's non-PII data, um, then I think it should be fine. As long as we are being very clear and open about what we use to process these models. So just be conscious about privacy when it comes to PII data versus non-PII data, because I think there's a lot of I would say there's a lot of use cases out there that might be very intriguing for people to use PII data, but we need to be very clear and self-conscious about the impact of this if it's against the regulations that we signed up for. Mm -hmm. uh, forgive my ignorance. You've mentioned PII data. What, what am yes. I missing? What's my understanding there? I, PII data is any information that allows you to identify a person. So it could be an email address, it could be a first name, last name, IP address. So this is, this is something that you're gonna have to keep an eye on. And I think realistically speaking with the regulations that we have in place, they won't be quite usable in most of the channels because even if you have this data you're, you're going to be limited from what you could use on the platform to reach out to those customers. Obviously, you can reuse them for CRM channels, so email marketing, push notifications, and so on. But once the user has opted out, 
you're gonna have to respect that. Otherwise, mm. there are, are gonna be some fines for the company if yeah. it's Isn't there a limit, a time limit to how long you can use PII data as well? There's a data policy. There's a data retention policy. Um, I think that data retention policy mostly is spoken about when it comes to how long you could store customers' data before you hash them. And I think the mm. data retention policy on average is probably, I mean, it depends on the business or it depends on the industry and it depends on the need to have that retention periods. But I think on, on Google Analytics or in different analytics platforms, it might range from 90 days to a couple of years. I think you need to be very clear about the use case because that's the very first question that you get if there was an audit, why are you having such long retention periods? Um, mm. Once you are over the retention period, then you are definitely expected to delete the PII data for the customer and hash it in a way that the still business could use it, but you cannot identify the customer. Interesting. Okay, thanks for sharing that. I wonder now as we close out the, the podcast, thanks for giving us this high level view as to where we're at and where we're going with marketing analytics. Given your leadership position and status uh, across marketing and data, what kind of advice could you provide for marketing analytics professionals based on what you're seeing uh, across your organization or across industry, what piece of information do you think marketing analytics professionals can act upon right now? I would say from my from my humble experience working with marketing analytics professionals is that I think they should invest time clarifying the expectations of the job that they have. And where does the job start and where does it end exactly? I think this is a very important aspect of the job because oftentimes it leads to a lot of frustration because that clarity is not vocally talked about quite often. And it's not very clear what the role of marketing analytics is. Where does it start and where does it end? If you're not going to be a part of the ideation or the decision-making process, does that frustrate you? Does that demotivate you. So it's very important that they are being very vocal about what the expectations are, because over the time, as a personal development, it's the expectation that they try to close the gap between the reality and the business expectations. And if they're not going to be very clear about what the business expects from them, they will never be able to deliver on their mandate. So invest time clarifying what the expectations are. And if you feel that this is not in line with what you want to do, be very vocal about this early on. Because sometimes it might be an insight that the business has overlooked how these positions are being defined. And sharing this feedback actively with your business might help them recalibrate the discussion. That's brilliant. Very insightful for the data community. Thanks for sharing all you have today. I really appreciate that. Thanks a lot, Joseph. And uh, thanks everyone for listening.